Welcome to Wise Monkeys Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Fronza. Today, I'm interviewing Liz Du. She's a transgender woman and a very talented 3D artist. About five years ago, I got my first job in games and I was this shy, introverted artist who shared a desk with Liz before her transition. And we really connected very well and helped each other to become better artists. In today's episode, which was recorded remotely over Skype, she shares her very difficult story and how she builds confidence using plant medicines to come out to the world and to her family that she always felt like a woman. My mind was literally blown today by how open and vulnerable Liz has become. In this conversation, we leave no stone unturned. We talked about a myriad of subjects, which include God, bully, language barrier, drugs, libido, and at the end, Liz demonstrates an amazing singing with both male and female voices that you shouldn't miss. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And now, Liz. to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. It's been, what, five years since we last saw each other? Yeah, yeah, it's been quite a journey. There is one big question I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest change in the past five years? So you knew me as Kai before I transitioned. So for the past two years, I transitioned from Kai to Liz, so I'm full-time trans woman now. I've been taking hormones and getting counseling with therapy, and yeah, I'm much happier after transitioning and much more confident about myself and talking to other people socially as well. Yeah. This is why I thought the interview would be a good idea, because last time I saw you, my perception of you, you were a kind person, very mm -hmm. friendly, mm -hmm. and at the same time, very shy and yeah. really in your own head. Yeah, I daydream a lot back then. <laughs> I, I still do it a bit, but not as much as before, keeping to myself and being in my own world, essentially. Yes. And once I spoke to you on the phone two days ago, I noticed that you were just someone else. And I mean, it sounded to me like you were really confident that mm. you knew who you were, that mm. you probably dealt with so much shit in the past few years that it seems like you grew a thick skin. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot of things over the past few years. Yeah, mainly confidence and overcoming hard times. Yeah. So that when, yeah. ne when there's hard times next time, it could be slightly easier. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's more like endurance and overcoming and becoming stronger. Yeah, so it's a big training. 
Yeah, yeah, like mental training. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up transitioning? Why and how come when I look at you, I see a very smiley person? <laughs> so the story started when I was like a young child. Like I was questioning my gender. Why am I born a guy instead of being a girl, being female? So like I tried on my sister's jewelry and and my mom's clothes. And and I felt comfortable about it. But I haven't told anyone because I'm I was so scared back then. Would you consider your family to be very conservative? Or yes, strict? yes. They are conservative Chinese parents. So they came from mainland China. So and now live in the UK. I'm the first generation BBC, which means uh, British-born Chinese. And yeah. yeah, growing up was hardcore because I have to learn English all, of, all by myself. My, my parents didn't t teach me English. I learned it. You spoke uh, Chinese, Cantonese yeah, or Cantonese. Mandarin with your parents? Cantonese, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How it must be really hard to develop a British identity when Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. home and you're in China. Basically. Yeah, you feel like two different people. Um I wasn't really comfortable with my Chinese identity back then. Um, I but see. I like to learn more of my Chinese background. It seems very interesting. Yes. But yeah, back to the story. Yeah, I hid I hid basically hid my feelings from my parents. And I kept denying it as well. So over the years, um, when I went to get my first job at Creative Assembly, that's when I met you, right? We, we were going to the yes. gym and building muscles. Um, yes. Yeah. So I was <laughs> denying myself. I was overcompensating by like going to the gym and build muscle. But that made me more depressed. Because I, I thought so I could suppress my transgender feelings. Mainly because I thought it's curable. But... It gets worse over time. Wow. And I got so depressed that I felt suicidal every day. Like, I couldn't wake up properly in the morning. I just want to lie in bed all day and do nothing and procrastinate. It got so bad that it affected my work. And yeah, I was Googling how to cure depression. And, and that's when I found psychedelics. I was like, hmm... <laughs> This is where things get really big. But first, I wanted to ask you a few questions about what you've shared so far, because it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure. First, how did you expect this would be curable, quote unquote? I thought it was like a mental training thing. Mm. But I learned that it's not, it gets worse over time, especially when I go shopping. I see like a cute woman's haircut. I want that haircut, I want that clothes. <laughs> it gets demoralizing. I see. So it's really hard also to not compare yourself. Yeah, 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 essentially. For me, this sounds, it's, it's a situation I never encountered. So I'm trying to imagine myself in your shoes. Mm. And what if I was born as a woman, let's say, mm. and inside of me there is this male spirit let's call it yeah is that how you you would put it that there was a female spirit inside of you i would consider my 
spirit, a female. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I recently read that it was a scientific article that a transgender person's identity, their brain works similarly to the associated gender, the person who was born identifying as their own gender. So it's really I interesting. See. I wonder how does that impact your emotions or you think that actually affects the way that you respond to the world as a woman or that happened once you started taking hormones? So that actually happened once I started taking hormones. So yeah. it's very, before I used to like get triggered really easily, get angry all the time. But after being on hormones for a while, I don't get angry as much. I cry a lot more instead. <laughs> I get frustrated instead of angry, essentially. Yeah, yeah, which is really crazy. Also, when I watch a movie, and whenever there's a sad part, even a smaller sad part, I shed tears a lot, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. I want to go back to the story you were sharing. And actually, this is the part that I think is really fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And I have a similar story to yours, but I'd like to hear yours first. Okay. So okay. you had, you came to Amsterdam one day. Yeah, I researched psychedelics. Well, I came, I, I came across with psychedelics curing depression. And I read from multiple studies that uh, magic mushrooms have a long-term benefit to mental health, especially fixing up the problematic areas of the brain related to depression and emotional feeling. Yeah. So I just got into it from reading and watching YouTube videos. And I came across with ayahuasca ceremony. Yes. And I was like, what is ayahuasca? <laughs> and and I read that. What, what is ayahuasca? Oh, uh, so ayahuasca is uh, essentially a psychedelic tea. Uh, right. brewed from various plants. It was originated from South America or something, I believe. Yes. Which was invented by the shamans. So they brewed this tea, and the tea contains DMT, dimethyltryptamine, yes. one of the strongest psychedelic substances in existence. I remember talking to you about psychedelics in the past, mm. and I mentioned to you how, to me, it was very transformative. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the day you messaged me saying, hey, I tried it and it had a big effect on me, a positive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with mushrooms first, is that right? Uh, yes, it was with mushrooms first. It had a big effect. All my worries are gone and I started appreciating everything in life. Everything is precious. And it's good to share love and express love to others. And yeah, it's full of personal growth. It's a teacher that teaches you what to do in life, essentially. It shows oh. you the, the path, let's say. Yeah, yeah, the path. Isn't it fascinating that it's just a herb, it's just a plant, it's just a fungi? Yeah, yeah. And it does so much to your mental health. Yeah. Would you say... You could achieve, you could have achieved that same mental state uh, in a different form? No. 
I tried getting help from doctors, counseling, did it just, they're not effective. And I think I would have committed suicide back then if I haven't done what I did. That's, that's extremely dark and yet I'm really happy that you didn't, first mm, of all. Mm. But that you're actually claiming that the substance sort of saved your life. Essentially opened my eyes so that I see a lot of reason not to go down to this destructive path and go to the path of healing instead. Yeah. After you had this first experience with mushrooms, you wanted to go further, I imagine. That's how you got to ayahuasca or? I want to go for a deep cleansing. I had other family and friends who had ayahuasca ceremony. They yeah. said it is a very life-changing experience as well. One of my cousins uh, went through an ayahuasca ceremony in South America. Mm. And she said, the most intense experience of her life. I'm excited to try it. I haven't uh, had ayahuasca yet. Oh, you haven't? No. But, funny enough, I found someone who wants to do it with me. Oh. And that is my mother. Oh, your mother. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. You two is going to have a very unique yeah. experience. Yeah. Let's call it a bonding experience. Mm. <laughs> well, growing up in Brazil, you hear the association of drugs with crime yes, and yes. violence. And we were even taught, I think, on the fifth year of school by the military, actually. We oh. have a little extra class after school just about the evil of drugs. Mm. And we have to make some promise and and a vow that we will never even put a drug in our mouth and mm. so it's all boxed into the same box of you do this and your life is over and in fact if you're caught there it is mm. so so i thought i've always had that negative feeling about it and once i moved abroad and i i heard a lot of positive stories in books and anecdotes i finally gave it a shot and I'm Brazilian, so it's really hard for me to keep... I have a good relationship with my parents, and it's quite hard to keep things from them. Mm -hmm. So after a while, they noticed that I wasn't the critical person I used to be. I used to be so skeptical, so negative, so just a hard person to be around, you know? Very judgmental. And oh, really? suddenly I'm... Yes, and suddenly I'm meditating. I'm caring about my nutrition and... I'm a better listener. And they were like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> they thought it had to do with my relationship with my girlfriend or something like that. But eventually I brought the news in slowly about my mushroom experiences and uh, magic mushrooms, psilocybin mm. cubensis are actually legal in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually they softened up over the years. And because they saw the benefit of you using yeah, it. Yeah, they, they saw it. And also they, I think, thanks to the internet, people are becoming more open-minded to certain subjects, which are being discussed instead of being repressed. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, well, my mom, she does all kinds of therapies. She has a, a therapy center. So, yeah, she opened her mind to it. And now she said, I want to try with you next year when you come to Brazil. Oh, wow. And it's for real. It's serious. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, this should be special. 
she's gonna have a life opening and life changing experience. Yeah, I uh, I really wonder what it will do her belief in God. It'll make it stronger, but in a different way. She will become yeah. more open minded. I think. I wonder if it would make her less religious and more faithful. I would think so. Well, from my experience, I was super skeptical, scientifically minded, like causation and effect kind of thing. Yes. And I thought science was the only upper limit. And then after the ayahuasca experience, where like the shaman or the guide gave me ayahuasca, I saw things that no no language could describe. And and my personality changed as well. Ah, oh, that's amazing. So can you describe a little bit more how it was, the whole environment of the ritual? So the ritual was in, in a candlelit room, really spacious room. There was other participants as well. There was eight mm. others. And the room was nicely decorated with religious ornaments all around the world. So it's not just one religion, multiple religion, because... God is, for them, is um, pantheist. You know what pantheist is? Pantheism. Oh, yes. The belief that there is more than one God. Um, it's, it's a belief that everything is divine. Wow. And God is not just an entity. God is everyone and everything. So it's, uh, it's reality, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's not just one way of... To the path of God is like multiple infinite ways. This is a very difficult concept to understand without yeah. actually having... Without having the experience, yes. Either the experience of the psychedelic or strong religious experience. Mm -hmm. You know, like to sit down and, and feel touched by God. That's what a psychedelic experience can be similar to, I feel. Mm. To look at nature, to look at a tree, and you can see the depth of it. And appreciate the beauty and complexity. Wow, it's amazing. You can see that everything is so connected to each other. Mm. Mm. So you're in this room, right? Yeah. And you have eight, seven people around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we drank like a shot of this brown liquid. It tasted... Really bad. It's the most <laughs> disgusting drink I ever tasted. So I downed it. And then lie on this bed. Okay. After like 30 minutes, my mind feels a bit woozy, feels a bit spaced out. <laughs> and then after like another 30 minutes, I vomited. Pretty much everyone vomit. Uh, they said that vomiting is actually good in this ritual because it's purging the impurities it's not actually physically purging the impurities it's purging the mental impurities so it's a symbolic detox yeah it's a symbolic detox yeah i think that's by the way parenthesis here that's why i've avoided uh, ayahuasca because i dislike feeling sick <laughs> it lasts a short while i promise okay. you um all right so you're selling it so after that, I felt much better. And then the, the main psychedelic phase kicks in. Mm. 
I began feeling vibration throughout my body, and it goes like. <laughs> and then my mind just shoots off into space and so someone turned the volume up a little yeah, bit or a yeah, lot and shot me up to space and i had a lot of closed eye visuals it's like watching a movie but you become the experience of the movie mm. you become the film where the movie is being recorded to yes and what the movie is showing is your deepest darkest memories and you will have to face your deepest darkest memories and accept that memory in order to move on i imagine a lot of people will resist it the more you resist the harder it becomes and my advice is to remember to accept it that these dark times has already happened yeah and it doesn't define who you are what defines you who you are is at this present time that defines who you are so i had a really tough childhood so it showed me memories of my like childhood abuse and it also showed bully as well or mainly um, bullies and my parents and yeah because they're like strict chinese conservative parents did they allow you to open yourself to them to no. share your emotions to no my my dad thought <laughs> my dad thought like me showing my emotions was a weakness it was like stop crying crying oh, for shit. girls like for example and and my dad yeah. looked at my hands and he said oh why does your hand look so feminine and i'm like i don't know just have my hands like that <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's like toxic masculinity. <laughs> to me, it's sad to hear that because you can't change your hands. And no, no. <laughs> and then the experience is showing me that my life is for me to live, not to live for someone else in their terms, but to live on my terms. Yeah. Because it is my own life. Yeah. And not for others. Not for others. That's a big lesson. That is a big lesson. And it was mind opening because when it should be, I was crying really hard. Yeah. And experience went from really hard to really, really peaceful and really euphoric feeling. Not only that, it showed me my bad past experience but it showed me the good as well yeah it showed me that life and everything around it is precious and that one shouldn't waste it away or waste the energy on violence war and greed the bad things that we should avoid but to embrace love instead and that blew my mind Three months after that, I was still processing what I have learned, what I have experienced. It's a big mirror, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's very eye-opening. Well, I need the address of this place later on, after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And how do you connect this to your transition? So, 
I knew that after that psychedelic experience, I knew that I had to accept my transgender feelings and not to fight it. I sought help with doctors and started getting into therapy for transgender issues. And the next thing I know, I started taking hormones. And mm. and then I feel less bad about myself. And, and as the visual changes became more apparent over time, I became happier. And then I started socially transitioning as well. My hair was growing longer. Fat redistribution happens ah. as well. So I got wider hips, um, thinner wow. waist, hourglass body. And these hormones that you've taken. Yes. You mentioned to me that now you're not taking them anymore. You're just applying as a cream or a gel. Um, so... Recently, I had like surgery to remove my testicles. So that essentially cuts off testosterone from being produced. So I can take less, much less medication. So I can stop uh, spironolactone, which is really pretty bad for the liver long term. So I don't have to take that anymore. And also I take much less estrogen as well. Mm. So apply it transdermally as a cream yeah. or a patch. Were you scared to do the surgery? I mean, I it was sounds... really scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's irreversible. I become um, infertile permanently from that. Yeah. I wonder if there was any anything inside of you that was worried that this was a mistake. Um, after the surgery. I woke up feeling really happy, like no regrets. And it was the right decision for me. Yeah. Before I might have I might doubt doubt it because I was too scared, possibly. Yeah. But it was the right decision for me. So I understand this and the audience as well. You removed your testicles, you stopped your production of testosterone. Yeah. From that moment onwards, you felt a big difference or it was gradually that you felt like, wow, I feel like a completely different human being? Um, initially, after the surgery, I woke up like really happy, reborn, essentially. Not as life-changing as ayahuasca, but <laughs> um, it removed a part of me I didn't like. Um, I see. And my mental health has benefited a lot from it. And then there was a gradual healing where the wound is healing and I feel much happier about myself and I can wear uh, leggings and not showing any bulge and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really relieving. <laughs> yeah, a surgery sounds like such an invasive method of dealing with your with your mind mm -hmm. and to see that it actually has an impact and works it blows my mind <laughs> so so today is first time you saw me after five years yes how how different is my like personality compared to five years ago 
Would you say it's the same person or well, kind of different? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you changed, but so did I. It's five mm. years. Yeah, yeah. Now I see a person who's one is more courageous, is more open to be vulnerable, mm. is smiley, is when I talk to you and I look at you, unfortunately the viewers can't see you, but first I feel like I'm talking to a woman. And nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, I not only because you look like a woman, but uh, there is a femininity in your the way you communicate and express yourself that certainly I wouldn't see it in a feminine man. Oh, okay, okay. I see, I see. That also leads me to ask more about the effect of those hormones. How something I asked you on the phone, and I would love to ask again here. When testosterone is connected with uh, libido. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've read that women with high testosterone have much higher libido. In fact, if you inject a woman with a little uh, shot of testosterone, um, she will act like a man. So, can you please describe how is your experience right now? Um, so, before, um, like, before I transitioned, like, I was naturally high on tea, on testosterone. I was constantly <laughs> sexually aroused by everything. It's very distracting and now I can like focus on what matters in life and my hobbies and socializing with people and not feeling distracted and on track. And that felt really nice. Yeah, I yeah, I know what you mean. There's something about the feminine that is really hard to look away. And the, um, I read a very interesting book called The Manual, and it describes that in society, men are expected to sacrifice themselves for a woman. And the, the model man that one should pursue to be like is mm -hmm. the hero. Because the hero self-sacrifices to for the good of the mankind and the feminine. And so a lot of men, they are taught from an early age that to get the girl's heart, you have to impress her or you have to save her, which you find a lot of guys have this. Um, they find women with a lot of trouble in their life and they try to rescue them. And they call it, I think it's called the hero or the, the rescuer syndrome. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to throw my my first girlfriend under the bus, but I'm sure she's not listening to this. <laughs> I felt that it was sort of my duty to help her fix her life. And this was back in Brazil, and uh, there was a lot of family issues on her side, the way okay. that they would treat each other and... Mm. Um, so it was quite a toxic relationship but still inside of me I just had this urge to, to save her and yeah why is that right mm. <laughs> but yeah. anyway so you're perceived by as a woman 
by men as well. How is the perspective of the world from a woman's eyes when people come to talk to you? That's a good question. Um, I feel like guys are a lot more friendlier when I talk to them. Um, <laughs> especially my friends and colleagues. With strangers, when I go out, I notice other guys stare a lot. Drivers give way a lot more often. Like when <laughs> I cross the road, they open doors and... And <laughs> what a privilege. <laughs> There's pros and cons. I also wanted to, I was really wondering as well about your relationship with your family. How mm. was for them to respond to your transition? So, it seems to me that your friends were quite open and welcoming. Yeah, yeah, my friends were instantly welcoming and accepting. My parents took around one and a half years to accept me as who I am. Wow. Like, especially my dad. Like, as I said earlier, like, my dad complained about my hand. Yeah. And about not showing my emotions. And he's very, very toxic masculine. Um, so what do you mean by toxic masculine? Uh, it means that defined him by traditional... Uh, gender roles for a guy and on top of that to not let them embrace emotions like such as crying sadness mm. anger my experience by the way here in europe or at least in northern europe men are expected to be much more rigid about their emotions mm -hmm. and yeah as a brazilian guy here i, I tend to flourish a lot because People are not expecting that. They expect me to act as if I'm invulnerable and super strong and all. But no, I, I have my fears. I made mistakes. And yeah. And I think that's actually how you develop confidence is make mistakes. And <laughs> yeah, it's, one is experience, but also when you, you learn to accept yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're like, you don't like me, that's okay. I'm living my life for myself and not for you. Like you mm -hmm. said, and that's why I'm very interested in your relationship with your family, especially with your dad. It seems to me like he was trying to shape you yeah, to be like X. And you said, no, I'm Y. But at first, you, from what I understood, you were, you were too meek to, to say no. Mm. And once you were able to accept your true identity as a woman, which I imagine was really hard. To fight against pretty much half my family. <laughs> I wonder, if you don't mind sharing that, how was their reaction when you finally shared it with them? It sounds to me like a very inspirational story. Not for someone to transition, but for someone to take any action that requires courage. And okay. I think this took a fuck ton of courage. It took a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable to talk about it. So I spent like five months writing my coming out letter. Like Wow. Talked about my feelings, my transgender issues, and 
writing them that I love my parents and that I am not happy living as a guy and more happy as a woman. And on the internet, I sought advice and made some Chinese friends to translate, to help translate my letter to, to Chinese because I don't speak Chinese really well in, in terms of complex subjects. So your parents speak English? A very little bit. Oh, wow. Just really basic Chinese and my parents speak basic English. So it's like quite hard to communicate with each other. So yeah, that's why I made quite a lot of Asian LGBT friends. And they helped me a lot with writing the letter. Mm. So after five months, I got this letter saying why I feel that way and etc, etc. I sent it to my parents and I was like, <sighs> panicking. Holy shit, you sent it by mail. Yes, yes. I waited for one hour. Holy shit. Debating whether to send it or not. Debating whether to send it to them for five months. During the last one hour, I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Maybe tomorrow. And But I sent it. And then my mum replied. Oh. And she's crying and oh my ang God. angry at me. And... Oh, my, my cousin said my, my dad was crying and was really shouty, apparently. I hung up because it was late at night. And next I morning see. when I was at work, they kept calling me. Throughout you were the even day. able to sleep then? No, no, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They kept calling me all day at work. So I put my phone on silence. They also threatened to drive to my workplace. Just to stop me. <laughs> wow, it's like a Chinese soap opera. Yeah, yeah. So then I cut them off almost one and a half years. The only commission they can get is from my sister. They said that because they were worried that I still look like a, a man, apparently. And that old face prejudice. Uh, prejudice. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> that they that you would face a lot of prejudice or yeah 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 from others yeah from others and oh I see so in a way they were caring for you yeah yeah in, in a, a way yeah in a parental way right which sometimes yeah. can be strict yeah yeah good sister eh yeah um, once you were able to reconnect with your parents my parents are driving down to meet with my sister. And my sister asked, oh, do you want to meet with my parents? And, and I was like, yeah, let's try it out and see. And I was like shitting my pants because I was so nervous. <laughs> like seeing my parents first time in one and a half years. So wow. that, was, that was last September. Like, Did you miss them? I missed them. Um, that must have been tough. Yeah. And... And I finally met my parents last September in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. So you, you met them in a restaurant. How was that? It was quite emotional. My mom was crying. My dad looked cautiously suspicious and cautiously disappointed. You think he was holding the emotion? I think so. Because I, I changed so much. Yeah. Like, so freaking much. 
They don't recognize the old Kai anymore. Yeah. Even for me, it took me, uh, let's say, a while to to realize, oh, I'm talking to a girl now. And so I must address it the right way. But still, I had the memories of you being a boy. So yeah, yeah. It, it was it was hard for me to not <laughs> go back to the, to the old way of, of talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And... Do you find it strange that I'm still the same person but different? Oh, now I don't. But initially I was like, what is going on? Because I can only see what you share, right? So yeah. <laughs> one day you're sharing your artwork, the other day, hey, I'm a girl. And I'm like, I think I missed something here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, at first I thought... There was something wrong with you. Oh, really? Yeah, because I never seen this happening before. Okay, this was your first time experiencing. Yeah, my first reaction was I projected towards you what I thought that I would be experiencing if I would be doing that kind of transition. And once I you shared your story, I, I understood. So I hear more about it and and I yeah, understand yeah. more about it. Then did it get to a point where they also understood you? I think so. I think they understood yeah. me because they, they said they want me to be happy. I think in the end, that's what really matters. Just happiness. Being yeah. comfortable with oneself. I do have energy for one line of conversation here. Okay. So you got into music, right? I, I did singing for like a year. Okay. But I, I stopped getting lessons after that. Yeah, yeah I, I still practice from time to time. When uh, a boy takes female hormones and makes the transition, his voice doesn't change so much. Not really. It's only from practice. Yeah. <laughs> I see. So you hi did you hire a, uh, a voice coach? Yeah, yeah. You? So... Before my singing lesson, I'd, I'd done voice training for about a year. Yeah. So I learned how to speak feminine. Right. So if I, if I revert back to my male voice, it might shock some people. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, <laughs> I'm just curious. Uh, for you to speak with your current voice, which to me sounds like a woman. Uh-huh. Do you, do you have to make an effort constantly or... Initially, it's, it's a lot of effort, but now I don't even think about it. I just like when I, when I dream, I talk in my female voice, like yeah. physically, like when when people sometimes sleep, they they talk. Yeah. Um. That's what my voice is. And wow. So you made a, a the strongest habit there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when it's like switching accent when you go to a new country for many years, your accent change. It's like yeah. that, but more significant. Right. Yeah. So much more significant. Yes. Yes. And I still have my Brazilian accent here. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> apparently, my old male voice has Chinese accent. But now I have gotten rid of it. Do you, do you, do you remember what my accent sounded like yes, before? Yes, exactly. I do because when I met you, I thought you were not British. 
Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the the thing I'm mostly curious is you can sing as if you were two different people. Yes. Yes. You want to hear it? <laughs> I definitely do. Okay. Do you want to hear it now? I get. Yes. To, okay. Come on. I'm super curious. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Whoa! Yeah. And, um, hi, my name is Liz. And my name is Kai. Hi. Hi, Kai. Um, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, I'm just chilling. Cool. <laughs> I'm singing. The snow glows white on a mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom isolation. And it looks like I'm the queen. <laughs> wow. Oh. What song is that? Um, it's from Frozen. Let it go. Frozen. Let oh, it yeah. go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. But that was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it just you... takes a lot of effort, a lot of practice. Yeah. Like, I learned how to do a really deep voice and a really feminine voice. You could actually play a role of someone with a split personality where the different sides of yourself are in love with each other. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could. Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, Peter Parker, thank you for the lesson. Um, so Liz, thank you very much for joining me in this conversation. Yeah, no worries, yeah. it was quite fun. Make sure to cut <laughs> out the embarrassing bits. <laughs> <laughs> cut out in my program, it's only in one take. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you, girl. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'm leaving Liz's portfolio and contact at the bottom of the podcast. And for me today, I'd like to ask for any feedback from anybody listening. Please join our Facebook group, Wides Monkeys Podcast and send us a message if you have something nice to say or if you think something can be improved what you don't like what you like let me know i'm happy to improve cheers and have a good day ciao ciao